With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in education into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. Thank you. 
You're listening to Big Blend Radio's Toast of the Art Show with Nancy and Lisa, and you just heard Split Decision, the first track on acclaimed jazz fusion composer, drummer, and producer Bob Holtz. It's his third internationally distributed album. It's called Visions, Coast to Coast Connection, and it features bass legends Stanley Clark and Ralph Armstrong. It releases February 23rd, 2018. Get it on Amazon. You can pre-order it. It's on iTunes. You can also go to Bob's website, bobholtzband.com. There's no T in that, Holtz. I'm just saying. Leave the T out. Leave, leave the T out, it's even Friday. though we have T here. <laughs> but uh, bobholtzband.com, he's on YouTube, all those great places. But welcome to the show, Bob. How are you doing? I'm doing good. It's great to be here. Very nice day. Uh, um, it was nice listening to that music. I know. That was good music. Do you know the person who produced that and, and wrote it? <laughs> <laughs> He's kind of yeah, kind of familiar. <laughs> so where are you today? Because I know you like to travel to California and the Keys. Where are you today? I am in uh, down in uh, Daytona Beach, Florida. I've been here wow. for the last month rehearsing for a, a cruise concert I'm doing on the 15th of February. The uh, Rock Legends cruise out of uh, Fort Lauderdale. I'm playing on that. Cool. Right on. I right on, and I was looking at. I want to go. I know, and Daytona <laughs> Beach is a blast. That's yeah, fun. It is. Uh, yeah, I, I, we had we had some good times in Daytona. Yeah, we did. I remember meeting a um, an Elvis impersonator that didn't look like Elvis. He had blonde, long blonde hair, but he got up and sang karaoke, yeah. and that changed my mind forever. You can be blonde and be Elvis. Yeah, you can. <laughs> Who knows? Elvis might have been blonde. Have you found him walking the streets of Daytona? (laughs) No, I haven't seen him yet. Just a lot of uh, people, you know, interested in the uh, track here, the race car thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, there it is. There it is. So now, I want to know, like, before we get into the album, which is amazing. Oh, I have to ask this on split decision. Who's playing the keys? I love the way it's mixed up. Ew. Exciting. He is my musical partner. He his name is Bill Steinway, and he's played on uh, a number of my records. We kind of uh, have written songs together, so he's been consistently with me in my musical travels. He's he lives out in L.A. and uh, is a, kind of a, a session player out there. Bill Steinway. Mm. Mm. And really what a, good. what about the brass section? Oh yeah, well that's really interesting. Um, uh, the, the fellow that uh, helped me with the horn charts, his name is Andrew Lipman, and he plays uh, trombone on there. He's the musical director for the show Dancing with the Stars. So uh-huh. um, he grabbed uh, one of the trumpet players that's in that band and himself, and then I brought the sax player in. So uh, we, mm. we had three horn parts going on there, and I had them trading there at the end, which kind of was really fun for them. Yeah, because when when you listen to your music, that split decision, there's a communi- there's like a a conversation going on between the musicians. To me, yes, it's, it was really spontaneous. I mean, and, and you know, the music we play is really that way with the improvisation that's going on. You know, it's really kind of just created on the spot, and mm-hmm. you hope for the best, and you got to live with whatever comes out. So, yeah, absolutely. So it's going to be different every time you play it, even down to the point when you're about to record? Um, Well, you know, the solo sections usually uh, wind up being somewhat different. Uh, The the actual Mm -hmm. form of the tune, you know, we have, I I had charts prepared. And Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, the chord changes stay the same. 
mm-hmm. the basic foundation, but you yeah. know, we leave room for the solos to kind of expand depending on how they're feeling. Mm, cool. Very cool. I, I I love that. And and is that how Jammin was born? Jammin Man? We, you know, Jammin Man, um I, you know, have spent a fair amount of time down in the Caribbean, you know, on vacation and all and it, and I just wanted to do something for a long time with that reggae feel, you know, mm. and um and then the idea of having Stanley Clark play the bass solo on that and uh yeah. Randy Brecker uh playing the trumpet kind of pulled it all and made it gel and then um the guitar solo section I had it modulate into another chord and uh, it opens up into a more of a real fusion type of uh, mm-hmm. some heavy guitar playing by a guy by the name of Alex Matchacek who's from Austria wow. uh, played some fine guitar on there so yeah, yeah I mean I've, that's the first time I've ever really done any uh, anything with a real reggae feel to it I loved it because it, it but then you've also haven't you like I'm I was looking at the list of people you have performed with, and it's just like, wow. Um, but you you got some reggae people in there. Peter Tosh. I mean, come on. You, I mean, Peter Tosh is like the man. <laughs> I was I know. so fortunate. Yeah. we um, When I was, I was only probably 21 years old, and uh, and we got to open up for Peter Tosh, and then we, you know, we met him, and it was just a wonderful experience, you know. Um, and I, you're right. I mean, I have listened to reggae for a long time. It's been an influence in my playing. Um, so yeah. now here, here it is. We I wanted, wanted to wait until I had the right players to really put something out there that I thought would be okay. That's what I love about this album is you've got a little bit of everything, and that's what I was saying. You know, jazz fusion. You really do have that fusion, and I love it because I think it is an album that for those who may be wary of jazz because jazz has gone through some really interesting stages, especially in the radio world, um, that some people think, okay, you know, jazz can be too heavy with all the scatting and um, for some. And I think this album will open the doors to people who may haven't, may not have listened to jazz before or, you know, kind of have need to get back into it. Yeah, I hope so, too. I mean, we try to keep it kind of eclectic and, uh, you know, through it all, have a, a really good, strong beat that, uh, you know, people can feel. And, um, yeah. you know, I mean, the, the chord changes, some of them are, are jazz, but, you know, I'm pulling a lot from, you know, just rock and roll and R&B and, and the blues, you know, to, you mm-hmm. know, really run through all the tunes. So I, I mm-hmm. agree with you. I hope some people can... Uh, you know, open their minds up and, and check out some different approaches to it. Yeah, I think that's great because sometimes with some jazz, you really do tend to get lost. And, and it is like what we were talking about earlier, um, you know, the, the foundation of the band, the chords have to stay the same, chord changes have to be on time, and, and you got to have a good drum beat, or you do get lost in jazz. Mm. You know, it's like but that can be fun. I know. So the drummer <laughs> decides, I'm going to do a different beat now. Let's play a wolf. <laughs> yeah, I guess it was what kind of mood you're in, you know. Um, but mm-hmm. no, I would agree there. Yeah, it, we've tried to kind of uh, get a focus on on what we're doing so that we're mm-hmm. not going over the heads of people, and at the same time, you know, they're they're hearing something. That isn't, you know, just really a simplistic form, and, and and that they can enjoy it. You know, the the more they listen to it, they start hearing new things each time they listen to it. Hopefully, yeah, yeah. 
I know. I want to take this on the road. This yeah, is like a road sure. trip album. Like I felt like yeah. you know, listening. It, it's like a journey. It really is. It's like it's like that um, Route 66 TV series. <laughs> like the two dudes get in the car and off they go. And you're like, you can hear from the music. Uh oh, here comes trouble. <laughs> yeah. No, I like it because some of it you feel like you are driving along the coast. It, you really do have that. Mm feeling and you know as we're getting into spring well i know they say we're going to have six more weeks of winter um it doesn't feel like that here in tucson right now but um when when as you you know as we get into spring it's like hey put the top down and listen to this you know and i love the keys throughout this i think there's this just this really warm feeling that it brings into the entire album it's kind of like this nice gel to it yeah bill is really great at at different soundscapes um uh, you know he last year he played on the on the grammy awards with uh annie lennox from the eurythmics mm. he's mm. done a lot with her he's he's worked some with stevie wonder and um so he yeah you hit the nail on the head there he really likes to you know create create these soundscapes with different types of keyboard textures and it, and it comes through really nice mm. richie's trip talk about that because I mean, talk about sure. road tripping. <laughs> because well, to you know, me, there's um, an incredible buildup in that song where it just keeps building and building up. Yeah. Um, well, you know, it's a tribute to the drummer who uh, passed away that played with the band Little Feet. I don't know if you remember those guys. Um, Little Feet was a really big band back yeah. in the 70s and 80s. And Richie Hayward uh, was was a pretty strong influence on me. So it's a tribute to him. What I wanted to do is I wanted to kind of combine the element of like a rock type song you know in the first movement and then contrast it to more of like a jazzy blues uh b section so it kind of goes back and forth between those two and Mm -hmm. uh yeah it came out really interesting especially you know in the tail end of that track where it kind of boils down to this final mellow section that the horn players just really kind of it was really spontaneous we didn't really intend to do that but the more i listened to it the more i liked it so um you know that's what that's about what is that like creating your own album and then listening well, to it i mean i mean as you do you keep listening to it every single day do you do you listen to it in the car or do you sit and listen in the in the in the producing room the mixing room where where do you really get the full effect of it and do you have to walk away and put it away and then listen to it again Kind of everything you said. I mean, it starts with uh, a lot of pre-planning and uh, just, you know, coming up with musical ideas at the keyboard and then, you know, starting to put together the tunes. And then once I have the tunes formulated, then I'll go into a a studio and do a pre-production recordings that aren't even going to be used. Basically, they're just to get something on tape to listen to. And then once, you know, I've had some time to digest that, then, you know, we go into the studio and actually record the final tracks mm-hmm. and then the mix down and then the mastering. And so, yeah, it's an emotional kind of thing. It really does kind of take you over for a while. And, mm-hmm. um, and you're right. After a while, you just can't listen to it anymore because you've heard it so much, but yeah. um, it's a, it's a great process to go through. And every time you go through making an album, you learn something new, uh, technically and artistically and and uh, there's a lot of diplomacy because you're dealing with a lot of different people and personalities and mm-hmm. um you know when you're getting into the production side of it so you know you want to make sure that you're doing things 
in a uh, accepted business practice method so that you know people are happy with uh, how it turns out and but it's all good you know i mean it's 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 worth doing it i think you know mm-hmm. every musician wants to get their their ideas out and even if they're not selling a million copies um, you know players really today have the opportunity to create you know their art form and get it out there uh, to whoever wants to listen to it yeah, I think that's the thing. the The internet helps, um, but you know, getting you know, getting out there, you have to do that. There's that always that business side, which is such a pain in the butt in the creative process. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, know. I mean, it's just like, can't we just create and I then wanted, like, some little magical it. fairy comes out and takes care of the business side? Oh. But that's how you lose your money. No, I want to <laughs> hit it with a big old bat. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, you have to. You you've got you can be creative. And then the the trick is to be creative in your business side of it too. So well, you could do so you that can on dodge your the tax then. Yeah. yeah, I didn't say that. You you are so right. I mean, the music is only maybe three quarters of it or half of it even. Mm. And you know, the whole business side of it, the, people don't realize how much that can consume you. There's a lot to it, and it, you know, it takes up a lot of time. So, you know, yeah. you got to be ready for what's coming your way if you if you undertake the production of a record. Exactly, mm. exactly. So are you going to tour with this album? Well, yes. Um, you know, I, I, this is my third uh, nationally released record. And uh, I on the first one, I put a band together. Uh, the, my band's called Bob Holtz and A Vision Forward. Mm. And uh, initially, it was uh, the guitar player that was playing with me was the late Larry Coriel, who's a real famous jazz guitarist. And then when Larry passed away, um, I, uh, I I joined forces with former Spyro Gyra guitarist, a guy by the name of uh, Chet Catalo, mm. who uh, was a platinum recording artist with mm-hmm. the band Spyro Gyra. And um, we have gone out and we've played probably about 20 shows around the country. We played in, uh, in Hollywood last May at the Catalina uh, Jazz Club out there. We've played in Washington, D.C. at uh, Blues Alley, which is a pretty famous jazz club. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've done some festivals, and the plan is to continue doing that. Um, Chet, the guitar player, uh, he uh, had stepped down. He's, he's got his own thing going in Rochester. So I was fortunate to uh, find a guy by the name of Jamie Glasser, who is, uh, mm-hmm. was a really well-known guitar player from he's played with Chick Corea and uh, mm. the French violinist Jean-Luc Ponty for many years so and then he was with Brian Adams the rock singer uh, on a number of albums back in the 80s so he brings a you know a whole new bag of uh, really good quality music into the band and the lineup is me my partner Bill Steinway on keyboards uh, Ralph Armstrong on bass uh, mm. who's on the album yeah. And uh Ralph has played with everybody in the in the industry. He's, you know, from uh um, twenty years with Aretha Franklin to people, you know, like Carlos Santana. He's a very busy bass player, but lucky to have him in the band and then uh rounding it out is Jamie Glasser on guitar. So we are now gearing up to go out and do some dates here uh in the spring and into the summer. So yes, absolutely we're gonna take the music out to the people. Cool. Right on, and and I want to make sure everybody knows that you're on Twitter, you're on Facebook, 
and also to go directly to your website, bobholtzband.com. Again, no T in there. Apparently, you don't like the T's, huh? <laughs> no T's in there. <laughs> Everybody wants to put that in there. Yeah, I mean, if you just punch my name into Google, yeah. uh, you'll you'll get all our social media, uh, you know, and it's very easy to kind of get through and find find out what I have going on. What I wanted to ask in, in the beginning, and we got we got into the album, is you know, listening to the album and having all these different influences in it. I mean, as a kid, were you into jazz? I mean, or were you into a variety of styles of music? Yeah, well, I started out like a million other drummers. I mean, I saw Ringo uh, with the Beatles on, on hmm. uh, you know, Ed Sullivan, and that got me into music. And then uh, my dad had some jazz LPs laying around the house that I listened to, and I was lucky I had an older brother, five years older than me, that was bringing his music into the house. And then when I got into junior high school, that was like in, you know, the early 70s, there was kind of an explosion of jazz fusion going on with bands like Mahavishnu Orchestra, Weather Report, mm-hmm. uh, Return of Forever. So I was, you know, in junior high and high school and actually going out and seeing a lot of these bands. So, yeah, so I started getting really into jazz, um, it was more, you know, that jazz rock kind of blend. And, you know, you hear it in my the music I'm putting mm-hmm. out all the time now. Um, and since then, then you know, I, as I got older, I went back and studied some of the jazz masters from way before that, you know, the whole bebop era and the swing era, big band stuff. So I like it all. I have really eclectic tastes, you know. Um, I, if it's good, I like it. Um, and... Uh, you know, I'm, I, I have one track on the new album that has the vocals on it. It's yes. a tribute to uh, Larry Coriel and Alphonse Luzon. Both those guys passed away last year. And um, on the Grammys the other night, they had a very nice uh, quick uh, mention of Larry Coriel. So mm. I, I wrote that tune and, and I, you know, put some vocals to it and had a great singer sing it. I like it. And I think that's going to be a, a platform for my next record. I'm going to kind of get more into vocal-oriented stuff mm. um, and uh, maybe a little bit less soloing and a little bit more song content. You know, um, I mm. still have the soloing, but I definitely think people can really relate to, you know, lyrics and bringing that into my music it seems to work pretty good. Yes, Espresso Addiction, um, it, it, it's a great, great track, and it's, that is actually one of the ones that got me all... I felt like I was driving in Malibu for some reason, and then I, I felt like I went to New York from there. I felt like I had both styles and, like, both destinations, you know, there. Um, it's interesting with the vocals, too. I was like, oh, vocals, you know. And I think that – I think you're right. I think having that blend of, you know, some instrumentals, some vocals, people do, you know, attach to the words like you're saying. But how do you write? I mean, th- that's what's so fascinating to me is, like, you're a drummer – and you're a composer, and then you you have to go get the rest of the band, you know, because you can't just be a drum soloist, you know. How do you write the actual songs? I mean, well, are you... Um, you know, on, on Espresso Addiction, the tribute vocal tune, the lyrics came to me very quickly. I'd say in about 15 minutes I was able to get that down. Um, you know, I spent a lot of time with Larry Coriel. We did a lot of gigs together, you know, in the latter part of his life, and... Um, so, you know, the emotional content surrounding all that was just really good fuel to, to, to get it out quickly. And, 
I'm, I have kind of a knack for lyrics. Um, and, you know, on the music side, I'll usually start at the keyboard or on a guitar and mm-hmm. uh, come up with some chord changes and uh, and then a melody in my head. And then, uh, you know, I'll get together with a keyboard player and we'll kind of refine together the tune and, uh, you know, bring it up to up to uh, a level where we could record it. That's the process, usually. Hmm. That's neat. That's yeah. interesting, yeah. Because you always wonder about how do drummers do all that, you know, and how they write. Well, and... you know, I went to Berkeley out in Boston, and they, they, they tried to teach me how to play some piano and some music theory. So I guess, uh, you know, I got something out of that. <laughs> I, w- I wanted to ask you, too, on the, on the blues side of things, um, it was interesting looking – and at what you've done in, in history, your, your, your musical history, and you participated and performed at a fi- as a finalist at the W.C. Handy Blues Awards in 2010. So you went up to Memphis for that, number one Memphis. That's got to be cool. <laughs> what was that like? Tell us about that. Well, that was a national competition, and I, I was in a band uh, from central New York that was asked to go there and play. Um, you know, it was just very exciting. I had never been there and, you know, walking up and down uh, that main drag with all those wonderful clubs and the music coming out of there. It was just great to be part of it. Um, yeah, I mean, my, my blues roots go way back. When I was, like, 19 years old, I had the good fortune to um, open up for Howlin' Wolf at a, uh, with his band. And, uh, and he was nice enough to invite me and some of the other people in my band up to play with him. So that's wow. you know that was kind of how I got introduced to all that great music, uh, you know, at a young age, and then over the years, you know, just opening up to people like James, and and, mm. uh, and then you know I got to play with the singer Shamika Copeland a little bit. Um, she's mm. uh, you know uh, I think a three-time Handy Award winner. She's wow. a really great singer and. You know, I just got, I've always had that affinity to the blues and, you know, taken the feel of the blues and tried to put that into other styles of music kind of, you know, that's really kind of where jazz, you know, has, was derived from was out of the blues. So it's a, it's a big piece of my musical heritage. Well, speaking of that, let's play West Coast Blues. I want people to hear that. Tell us about about the track. Yeah. So, you know, I... I um, it's funny you how you were talking how this music is really conjures up you know images of certain places around the country well you know it, it it is really amazing to me that you know you can go to a place like New York and record and it just has that sound that we all know you know we may have experienced it watching you know Johnny Carson or the, or Jay Leno listening to that band those you know the, the sound they had is kind of inherent mm-hmm. to the location and New York has its own cool vibe too. Um, so that you know, I, I when I was out in LA, uh, not for this album, but a previous record, I was out there recording uh, Vi- uh, Visions and Friends, the, the last one. And um, you know, I I just wanted to put something together that would uh, you know showcase the blues, uh, but with with Ralph Armstrong really playing a part on bass, you know, I wanted to make it unique. I let him actually play the had the melody line on bass. Um, and we came up with something pretty funky. I think, you know, it's, uh, 
Ralph is a really great bass player, and you know he he just stood right up and you know took it under and, and came up with a really cool melody line that um, you know plays through that. And then there's room for the horns to blow all around it. it uh, yeah, it's kind of just a traditional, you know, nothing too complex uh, one four five progression they call that in the blues. And, um, you know, I mean, it just kind of came to me while I was out there in L.A. I was going to some open mics at a plate and one over at the, the Baked Potato, which is a really famous mm-hmm. uh, jazz fusion room out there. And then, you know, I sat in down in uh, in Santa Monica at a place called Harvell's where they where mm-hmm. Bill hosts an open mic there. And they get some really great horn players that go in there every week. And so out of that, you know, I just kind of threw this tune together. Uh, and then, and, and I couldn't think of anything else to name it. That's, that's what it was. You know, it was the West coast blues. So I love it. That's one of my favorites on the album. We're going to play it now. Everybody take a listen. West coast blues. Again, uh, the album is coming out. It's called visions coast to coast connection and it's coming out February 23rd. You can get it on Amazon and iTunes. Here it is.
one. That was West Coast Blues, and it is featured on acclaimed jazz fusion composer, drummer, and producer Bob Holtz's third internationally distributed album, Visions Coast to Coast Connection, coming out February 23rd. Get it on Amazon and iTunes or go to bobholtzband.com. Man, that's got such a good groove. And then all these magical goodies come in, like the guitar and the bass runs. It's like it's like walking down Yummy. to like Venice Beach. I know. I do feel like it's like Venice Beach. <laughs> Venice Beach. I miss Venice Beach. Yeah. I miss Venice Beach. Because everywhere you look, there's a little something different going I know. On. <laughs> I know. I totally feel like you, you should have sunglasses on. <laughs> and be walking the dog. One of those old beanie caps. And, and like, there's all these little goodies, but you've got the same groove that keeps you going forward, you know? Mm. It's cool. <laughs> well, a mission accomplished, son. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Venice Beach is, come on, it's one of the best that's, places that's on, on Earth. Place. If you're ever going to people watch, right? But Yeah, really. That's yeah. the place. Yeah. I miss it out there. Yeah, no, and the guitar work on that. Man, I love the guitar work on that. It kind of reminded me of Dave Milton, who's a guitarist that played out there. We met him with uh, Johnny Master on the Mama's Boys years ago. And, yeah, uh, he was great. And had a little bit of that same jam mm-hmm. vibe to it, you know? Maybe that's why I would, my mind went to Venice Beach, like, right away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> had to play that, Bob. Had to play that. Um, now, before you go, um, I know we want to play Spanish Plains. I love this song, and, and it's something I know we were talking before we went live that – um, it's just something you don't hear. I mean, it's it's very to me a very unique uh, song. Yeah, and it and the way it was conceived is kind of unique. Um, the the person uh, that I partnered with on that tune, his name is Frank Stepanek. He's the guitar player, and Frank mm-hmm. plays for the last thirty years. He's been with the Jamaican reggae band Black Uhuru. They're called. Mm-hmm. Um, they're really internationally famous reggae band and uh, so he's our guitar player well it just so happens that he lives in a very unlikely place he lives in Syracuse New York my hometown and you know we've been friends for a long time yeah he he flies all over the world he just got back from New Zealand playing with them Uh, so I don't know for some reason he must like all the snow and cold but uh, Frank and I put that (laughs) together uh, it doesn't sound like anything you would think coming out of Syracuse. It sounds more like something, you know, you would expect from either, you know, where you guys are located or Spain. Uh, but yeah. uh, maybe it's because of all his international travel, he's picked up on a lot of that feel. So we mm. wanted to do something with the acoustic guitar that would contrast the rest of the album. And uh, the last two tracks on the album are what I would call bonus tracks. One is, Spanish Plains, and then the others a live uh, cut show in Hollywood last May. But um, so far, everyone that's heard Spanish Plains has really liked it. Um, mm. It was recorded at a different studio, so it's a slightly different sound, um, which we were trying to do. We wanted to just kind of change gears a little bit, make it fresh. Hmm. I like it. I, to me, it's it's. I want to paint when I listen to it, for, I and I don't paint. That's yeah. Nancy's job, but it makes me want to paint. I could paint pictures yeah. to this kind of music all day long. I know, I know. That's why I said Fun. it's like a it's a jazz journey. It's super cool. Um, th- okay, last question is visions. So where does that come from for you? I mean, is, are you uh, when you're composing? Do you have like imagery going on? Yes. Yeah. Many times I mm. do. Or you know, l- lately I've been doing a lot of tribute type stuff, like. Mm-hmm. Um, to other artists, but um, uh, 
uh, the one tune on the album called Light and Dark mm. Uh, mm. was kind of, it was conceived that way, you know, um, kind of a mood piece and, yeah. um, you know, really kind of low-keyed, um, you know, slow rhythm, um, really interesting keyboards. And um, out of that, uh, you know, came this really amazing keyboard work from Billy Steinway. I mean, he just knocked it out of the park on that one scene. So mm. Light and Dark would be an example of more like what you're referring to where, you know, I'm looking at certain emotions that, uh, you know, we people all feel and, uh, you know, how, how that can be uh, emulated with music. So, mm. or, you know, the music brings out the emotion. And mm-hmm. uh, so that, yeah, that that's one way to write for sure. Right on. I like that. It's, it's meditation, musical meditations. I think it would be fun to, like, assign a, a color mm. or shades of different colors mm-hmm. to each musical note and then just go for it and paint as fast as you can to the music. Like, and you'd probably have to do it, like, five or six times and go back per instrument. Now, okay, so you put in all the drums and then turn around and so that's one color and shades of that color and then you go back and here comes the horns and that'd be too wow what's in your water this morning (laughs) well you're not that far off because um you know it's like a palette of colors you're right and i've you know heard musicians say exactly what you just said uh you know assigning colors to certain tones and using Mm -hmm. it that way so uh, yeah that's it's the, the geniuses have thought about that stuff. See, I'm a genius. Oh, you go, girl. You go, girl. <laughs> That's it. I'm not going to hear the end of this now. Thanks so much, Bob. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Bob. Uh, everyone, again, uh, keep up with Bob and his website, bobholtzband.com. There's no T in that, Holtz. And uh, the album, again, uh, Visions Coast to Coast Connection, is out on February 23rd. You can pre-order it now on Amazon, and you can also get it on iTunes. Thank you so much for joining us. It's been a real pleasure. I really appreciate it. It was great to be here, and you guys have a great day. Thank you, too, and congrats on the album. Everybody, here it is, Spanish Plains. Enjoy. Take care. genius.